Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're focusing on blended families and particularly parenting styles in blended families. Though, honestly, if you're in any kind of family situation, this tension between parenting styles is going to come up, does come up, is vital, might be the cause of fights, might be the cause of avoiding fights and just not dealing with parenting situations at all. The more we can talk about it and figure out what each other's strengths are and how to parent together, the better it's going to work. And today we are interviewing Garrett and Chelsea Zimmerman, who are partners and coaches. They're like life partners and partners in coaching, and they come from transformed couples. How are you today, Garrett and Chelsea? We're doing very well. Thanks for having us today, Rich. Oh, it's a pleasure. I I just love you guys already. This is going to be wonderful. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes you just meet people and you have a feeling about them. It's like yeah. that. So this, the question I ask everyone on the front end is, how did your hearts lead you to do the work that you do today? Great question. Yeah, awesome question. Um, honestly, it actually started when we were in a transition period. We had not, uh, I don't even think we were engaged yet. Yeah. And uh, we moved into a new house together and Garrett was just kind of like searching around for, you know, for something. He want, He believed that he, you know, was made for more. And so he actually started... And as he got into it, I couldn't help but be magnetized to what he was learning and what he was doing. And so I jumped right on board. Uh, we were given you, the opportunity. You faded out for a second there when you said what Garrett actually found. What, so what, what did he find that you jumped into? So he found the relationship coaching certification Got program. It. Yes. And so, um, yeah, when he was doing his studying, I was like, I could not to learn what he was learning and so we just we dove in together as a husband and wife team and we realized that you know what like our eventually become your testimonies and so for us we were really able to focus on the blended family aspect of things and um and that's kind of what led us here today we we got our certification in 2020 and we've been helping people in all relationships but um, primarily blended families. Everything. Sorry for the pause there. So you got, you went into Empowered Couples University and you kind of found this practice together and you've been working with couples ever since. And also you're a blended family yourselves, aren't you? We are. Yeah, we are a blended family of five. So we have three boys between us, uh, 13, 14 and 15. So they keep us active and really what you know drove the passion that I felt was the desire to help prevent other blended family couples from stumbling over and over and over again with some of the things that we had realized were coming up it was these patterns that we wanted to break and it was a desire to improve and grow and then help teach others so that they can improve the quality of their relationships. That really was the why behind the pursuing of the certification. Mm -hmm. Got it. So you, you're in this blended family, you're learning, you're growing, you're getting educated. And what are some of the challenges of having, I mean, actually, let me back up a, like 10 steps. So let me just say for the audience, right? 
it's all about partnership, right? And a, a, like perfect partnerships, people want to have different styles and different strengths, right? Because then, you, you know, one person can jump in where the other one's weaker or, and the other person can lean into their strengths. And then where there's overlap, you can really have synergy. And even though that's what we all want, like makes rational sense, emotionally, it can feel exactly the opposite. It can feel like, wait a minute, you're making me wrong. Wait a minute, you're undercutting me, you know, when actually what you have is different approaches. So, so there you are, you're a blended family, you've got this education, you got this stuff going on. How did you get into the parenting styles aspect of it in particular? And what are some of the things that you observed? Yeah, so we we ourselves walked some challenging times. Very where, challenging times. <laughs> where where we had things come up just in our own marriage mm-hmm. and the dynamics of the kids and you know different styles in terms of what we were used to, how we'd grown up. And as we started to coach other blended family couples, we realized that it was a consistent theme in terms of the challenges that blended family couples have. And they're, I mean, they're plentiful. We're just focusing on parenting differences, but we realize that there's so many different ways to parent. And what happens, even in traditional families, because we are big believers in that your background and how you were raised growing up highly influences how you now show up as a parent. For sure. And everyone's story is different. And it doesn't matter blended or traditional family, but in traditional families, there's less impact and influence from others versus in a blended family because you've got an ex you've got another you know maybe a step grandparent you've got kids that aren't biologically related to you that bring up additional challenges and so we started to really listen and learn from each other our teachers but also the other couples that we were coaching and we dug into the different parenting styles of which there's four there's primarily four parenting styles uh, authoritative, dismissive, authoritarian, and uninvolved. And those four that styles- one, That's my favorite. Uninvolved? Yeah, it's very easy. <laughs> it is very easy. Very right? easy for and the we, parent. <laughs> it's so easy for the parent. And we see that in a lot of blended families, unfortunately, where a parent has stepped away completely. Be well, it, I, can I interrupt you for a second? No, I go think, ahead. I think part of the problem in blended families is- right? There are these kids that you were the actual parents to. And then there are these other kids who are telling you, you're not my mom, you're not my dad. And their mom or their dad, the other parent who's not in your, not in the house with you is saying the same, you're not the mom and you're not the dad. So it's, you know, uninvolved sounds like a really uncaring position, but actually some parents in a, in a blended family, you might actually feel like, oh, I have to be uninvolved because I'm not the parent. So I'm sorry, keep going with that. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're exactly right, Rich. One of the things that we learned, unfortunately, painfully, was that it is better sometimes to be uninvolved as a step parent because that biological relationship that exists subconsciously for children, they feel an affinity to their bio parents regardless Ah. of what the dynamic is in the relationship is. So I learned the hard way and admittedly I overstepped and I tried to get too involved in my stepson's lives to the point that they pushed back. Mm -hmm. And then I had to internalize that and understand that as 
it wasn't necessarily me. It was simply the fact that there's what's called loyalty binds between biological mm -hmm. parents, biological kids, and subconsciously, they feel an affinity to love their biological parent, regardless of how they've been treated, what's been said to them, what's been done to them, if that parent has stepped out of their life. They feel that loyalty bind. And no matter how hard I wanted to try, the more I tried, the more I got pushed back. Mm -hmm. So I needed to become uninvolved. And essentially, and we say this to each other, I had to step back so that I could actually step into relationship with them. As painful as that was for me. Oh, let, tell, tell me more about this. This We all understand the stepping back. How did you, How once you step back and you be uninvolved, I'm going to interpret as, all right, I'm going to release my expectations on what the relationship should be or what I think they should be based on the fact that I'm the adult and they're the child and the commitment I made to Chelsea and all that other stuff. You know, you sort of, all right, I'm going to let go of all those expectations for a second. Then once you, you kind of got, the good news about uninvolved is you kind of have a clean slate. I mean, you know, if you've, if you've let go of the expectations, what comes next? How do you, how do you reweave yourself in or start a new relationship? You know what? There were two things that I needed to do. One was I needed to ask Chelsea, what can I do differently? Because you know, these boys better than I do. Mm. So I had to ask for her input and and humble myself for whatever that response was going to be and that was a major learning for me because she knows these boys she's birthed them she's raised them and then the second thing i had to do was acknowledge that my my responsibility to them looks different as a stepdad than it does as a biological dad and i almost had to think of myself not as a like a father figure, but more of just a positive role model, a mentor, uh, a friend. Mm -hmm. And when they open the door to connect, when they come to me, when they ask questions of me, that's when I step in. Mm -hmm. But trying to force myself or to get them to do things that they aren't comfortable with or don't want to do, that wasn't effective. I've, I've heard other people refer to it as uh, maybe a very close uncle or aunt. You know, very close. So, but, but only if the children want that, of course. Yeah. And that was the thing I was just going to add, Rich, is that like Garrett's actually been very good as our kids have gotten older about asking them what they want and how involved they want him to be. And that's bold, in my opinion, because, you know, it allows them the opportunity to like, essentially completely reject him if they want to. Um, but because of the fact that they feel like they have some control over the way that they want to be treated by their, by their stepdad, um, it actually brought them closer together. Mm -hmm. And because they, they feel like they have essentially that say, whereas, you know, before and originally as Garrett was saying, like he actually pushed too hard and they were like, heck no, we're not interested. So, you know, it does definitely depend, obviously, on the age of the children. Yeah. Um, but something else that was really helpful, and I'll just add this super quick, is one of the things that was recommended to us was to do the love languages with our kids. And one of the reasons why it was important is because that allowed us to be able to speak to 
our own bio kids, but also to our bonus kids, uh, like in their love language. So it was actually our received. Bonus kids. I love that. Better. Yeah. Nice frame. Yeah. So for the audience, you know, you if you haven't heard of the love languages, we've done episodes on them. Five basic love languages. We usually talk about them in terms of couples, but the reality is that they're everyone's got a love language. Uh, I think it's touch, um, gifts, uh, quality time, words of affirmation, and I'm missing one. Probably one that's acts of service. Acts of service. Oh, that's my favorite. That <laughs> drop off. Oh, that's the that's my wife's favorite. Actually, that makes sense. Why I forgot it. So, uh, but, you know, and these things are present for people. All five of them are present for people. But we have one or two that we really lean into, and the other three we might not hear so much. And so, what you're saying is being tuned into how you. And the idea is if if you don't know what people listen as love, then you could be loving them by giving them gifts all day long. And they're just like, I don't even care about gifts. So you yeah. think you're showing them love, but, and they're like, why are you doing this? So being, what you're saying is being tuned to your kids' love language, whatever that love language is, and your bonus kids, I love that. And your bonus <laughs> kids love, instead of steps, so good. I, it's good. I'm not a step parent. I'm a bonus parent. Oh, I love it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this okay. is good. I'm, I'm taking that frame. Um, yeah. So that, being aware of what their love language is really important. How does it help? Tell, sorry, I, I needed to give that for the listeners in case they hadn't heard that episode or read that book or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to speak to each other in relationship, in each other's love language to, you know, have a better, more impactful, you know, impact really. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, we actually did this exercise about two years ago with our boys, but we, you know, we encourage everybody, if you have, you know, even, even if you're just in a traditional family, mm -hmm. do the love languages tests with your children because, and there's, they've got them online for yeah, like, it's, it's free and it's online. Just Google five love languages. You will find it like that. And if we can, we'll put it in the meeting notes also. Yeah. So for like, yeah. So, I mean, even for young kids, they've got it. So it doesn't matter what age, but honestly to do that, just, it's like a, it's essentially like you're getting this like insight into what you, what your kids, how your kids want to receive love. And so to be able to teach them that love language. This, this is like um, relationship gold folks. So don't dismiss it. It sounds kitschy, but it's, it, it's not like it won't fix all your communication problems. It won't even fix your communication problems with your kids. But if, anyone feels a little more loved, it's always easier to talk to them. Hey, um, quick question. So you mentioned four parenting styles and we talked about one of them. Tell us more about authoritarian, authoritative and dismissive and how they fit in uh, in this parenting, blending parenting styles in a blended family. Absolutely, yeah. So the, the first one, authoritarian is somewhat strict, having some high expectations, um, you know, being driven by obedience, uh, you know, there's consequences for actions, those types of things. Uh, the permissive is... It's like, these are the rules. Yeah. Break exactly. the rules. These are the consequences. I don't care why you did it. These yeah. are the rules. Yeah. Fall in line. Do what you're asked. A very almost... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like, drill sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say top down, mm -hmm. uh, very directive. The the permissive is kind of that 
almost uninvolved, but they're still kind of involved. They know what's going on as parents. They just continue to allow it to happen. There's really no discipline. There's no teaching. And it might um, be, it might be a little bit of, oh, they'll figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And kind of acting ignorant to it. Oh, you know, whatever. Like they're just young kids. So it's just almost, heroin, not a problem. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever. And and it's a you have to learn the hard way. You know, I'm not gonna do anything about it. They'll just have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 can set the child up for a lot of trouble down the road because I mean, life is guided by boundaries. And so parents have that responsibility. And then the the third is authoritative. And authoritative, very strict, uh, but somewhat warm, uses opportunities to teach and provide opportunities for the child to learn. Uh, this is actually the most desired based on the research. This is the most desired parenting style if you can get to this point because there are boundaries, there are rules. If the child steps outside of that, there's conversations and discussion about what needs to be done how you could behave differently the next time. So it's more, I, I guess, involved versus the authoritarian where they tell the child just listens and we see resentment start to grow in that type of dynamic. So those are kind of just some Cole's notes on the, the other three. And in real life, you know, we, we all have all of these qualities. We can all be any of these things, but we have a tendency to lean into one more than the rest. And so, I, and and the other thing is that there may be situations where each style is more appropriate. Like we talked about when you're the bonus parent and you need to back off a little, you know, that's that that might actually be appropriate. Uh, so the question, the kind of the last question I want to ask you around this is, you, so let's say you, you've got you don't let's say you've got two parents who definitely lean into somewhat different areas. There's going to be some overlaps, but they've got strengths in different styles. How do you they how does each parent figure out? Um, how to apply those styles to the maximum benefit of the children. Yeah, so I think the first thing would be that every in every blended family, we believe that the bio parent should always be primarily parenting their bio children. Makes sense. And yeah, so that's number one. So, I mean, think of it that way because your parenting style is always going to resonate more with your own bio child. Secondly, is that you wanna always be on the same page as your partner in regards to your parenting style. Not to say that they should be the same, but the two of you need to be communicating very well with one another when it comes to your the way that you're parenting the children. So it's, and, it sounds like the connection there might be, we share the same values and principles, but we might communicate them in different ways. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So really just being on the same page and having an understanding of where each other are coming from, because mm -hmm. again, like to loop back to what Garrett was saying, you know, a lot of the time it has to do with how we were raised and what, we, how we were taught essentially to parent. So, um, you know, having a conversation with your partner and asking them about how they were parented as a child will give you a really good, clear understanding of maybe why you are the way that you are. And yeah. it'll also open the conversation if there's a if there's any areas that you want to change or develop mm -hmm. or become more like your partner in certain areas, then it gives it opens up that that conversation. Wait, we can change? Yes. Yeah. It's possible. Oh, so cool. <laughs> Got it. So the 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 basis for 
utilizing our, our different parenting styles as strengths is number one, understanding what they are. Number two, operating from shared values and principles. And number three, uh, it sounds like a discussion of uh, how we might apply those situationally. But, prime, but the prime directive is biological parents have the final first and final word on biological children. And because let's face it, a bonus is just a bonus. Right. <laughs> right like uh, well, you yeah, know when, when we win a prize when we, when we buy something it's the thing that we're buying the bonus is good but it, the yeah. thing that we're buying is, and i'm not dismissing the value of the step or bonus parent but th the truth is that when you walk into a we did a previous episode uh, on the the problem is that when you walk into a blended family each parent has had a longer relationship with their own children than they've had with the other parent and so there's mm -hmm. That's naturally going to bring up some competitiveness and conflicts and confusion uh, yeah. around yeah. priorities. And so that, that this rule of thumb of, hey, you know what? My kids are my problem. Your kids are your problem. I got your back. You got my back. That helps a lot with that with that particular confusion. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes such oh, a big difference. you guys are terrific. Really crystal clear. You're a lovely couple. How can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your programs? Yeah, thanks so much, Rich. We're on Transformed Couples uh, on Instagram. So you can find us at Transformed Couples. Uh, also on Facebook, our page is Transformed Couples Coaching. And you can reach out to us with a, a DM, an email. Uh, we are teamzimmerman2020 at gmail.com. And would love to have people reach out if you've got questions or want more information about what we can do for you. And our website is That's right. Repeat that, please, because you faded just a little. Transformcouples.com. Transformcouples.com. And that will be in the meeting notes as well, folks. So if you didn't catch it, don't worry about it. We've got you. Uh, the question I ask everyone at the end of the show is, what is the legacy you'd like to leave behind? For us, it's teaching our kids that regardless of whether a marriage has worked or not that in any situation it is possible to have a loving caring relationship and be you know be good parents be in love despite where despite where you've come from uh every family is different and we want people to acknowledge the fact that not every family is going to look exactly the same and our we want our kids essentially to be able to see that regardless of the fact that things didn't work out between ourselves and their other parent that we can still teach them how to love and preserve their children together. Yeah, and build their legacy um, that way as well. Got it. Great vision. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, look, thank you so much. This has been priceless. Thank you so Thanks much, Rich. Us. Look forward to talking to you in the future. We'll talk to you again. <laughs>